When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on the show, we're looking for our dream home in the beautiful state of West Virginia in the year 2102. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes of our favorite video games. First things first, I'd like to introduce our guest, Tom from Lorecast. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you doing, sir? Good, good. Specifically from the Fallout Lorecast. Actually, there's ah, yes. multiple Lorecasts, but yeah, that's the one that matters today. So what have you guys been talking about over there? Oh, uh, we've, we've go over all sorts of fun things, fun, fun things, funny things. Sometimes funny things. Uh, most recently, we reviewed some of the vaults that only are described by one line of text. <laughs> and there's some oh weird ones. Oh, my God. Yeah, those, those are pretty awesome. Um, we've been going through each of the vaults in order in between episodes where we go over different factions and the origins of the Brotherhood. And the show even started with, like, who dropped the bombs and why did the war start that caused everything? Because it's... It's all hinted at, but it's very rarely actually described. And the stuff that is actually described isn't particularly or isn't 100% trustworthy information. So, yeah, we dive into all that stuff. Oh, my goodness. What is your favorite vault real quick? Oh, man. The Gary vault has got to be one of the best ones. Oh, that was that is a good vault. Gary. Gary. <laughs> yeah, that one's that one's pretty great. I mean, my 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 favorite is probably got to be the uh, I forget the number of the vault, but you guys discussed it on your latest episode where. Um, you know, they had all those people in the rooms. They said, all right, you guys have to kill someone every year. We're going to kill you, Overseer. Wait, no. <laughs> right, right. When they vote somebody to, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and you know, it'd be really nice to live in a vault like that. But we're not talking about that today. We're talking about finding a house out in the wasteland. That's right. It's the year 2102. And somehow the housing market is even worse than it is today. They didn't seem to build houses like they used to. And you know what? They don't even seem to maintain them. I mean, sure, uh, the world was bathed in nuclear fire, but that doesn't mean you should let your bathroom get outdated. Thankfully, there appears to be a new market that has somehow slipped past everyone's radar, West Virginia. I am really excited to talk about this today because it appears that the Appalachian region, or Appalachia as it's known in the game, has apparently uh, become an area where people want to live in again. Yeah. And I think that's a huge development, uh, hint, hint, nudge, nudge at the developers. They, <laughs> they kind of walked back on their previous claims of like, no, nobody lives here. And now all of a sudden people are moving in. And I wanted to talk about kind of the, the, the ramifications and, you know, the, the whys and the hows of this. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's some in-world justification for why this is. I don't know if this is something that was planned ahead of time with the developers or if this is 100% a response to no NPCs. We, we need NPCs. Um, I'm not sure which it is. I want to say that it was something they were planning to do and they just couldn't do before they had to launch. So they kind of put it on the back burner as a future update, but I don't know. I don't know for sure. I mean, it's it's amazing too, because regardless of whether this was an afterthought or a panic move, it actually really does make sense. Because if you look at the the regions that we've seen, you know, the Capital Wasteland, uh, the, the, the Commonwealth, 
you know, we we see something very different than what we find in Appalachia. Appalachia seems to be this almost breadbasket. It has been complete. It almost feels like it's been completely untouched by the actual direct fire of the nuclear war itself. I mean, if you look at the Capital Wasteland, it is really a wasteland. Like there's no trees, there's not not a lot of plant life, and the the wildlife that you find there is just mean and nasty. Yeah, even after a few hundred years, which is weird, and we discussed this on my show, nuclear fallout, um, like, for example, the bombs in uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima, uh, those areas are livable now. Um, so, yeah, those must have been a heck of, heck of a lot of bombs going off to keep those places, like, 100, 200 years still wastelands. Um, but yeah, this area is, is fertile, you know, clearly it's the first of the fallout games with actual like greenery and plants, flowers, um, parts of it are very beautiful. So it makes sense that if somebody was like traveling through the area that they're going to go, Oh, this place looks great. Let's stay here. I mean, uh, yeah, you just want to think about, like, imagine a settler coming from the pit. Oh yeah. And he's just walking along and just goes like, every, all I see is death and toxic water and oh is that a, is yeah, that a places, plant places like this are still out here why was i why did i stay in the pit for so long <laughs> and you're absolutely right the, the 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 damage from the nuclear bombs was pretty extensive i mean if you look at even uh, places in chernobyl you know the worst nuclear event that's ever happened in our world uh there are places of it that have wildlife at least returning to it with very little radiation so the the nuclear weapons used in the Fallout universe must have been some pretty dirty bombs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And I I think uh, the other reason that people are moving back is just there's not a lot of uh, competition at the moment. There's you know all of the factions that we've come to know and love in that universe are all gone. The rescuers, uh, the East Coast Brotherhood chapter spinoff thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they you know they've all they've all been wiped out. Yeah, and there's not even raiders, and I think that's probably they're probably the most uh, nuisance of the wasteland. I would say, like, you come across a group of brotherhood, and as long as you're not harboring super mutants or, or marching around to power armor, you shouldn't have. They're not going to really mess with you. As long as that watch on your wrist doesn't glow, you're fine. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you come across raiders, and they're going to steal all your stuff and kill you. So. Yeah, I have a feeling that anywhere in the wasteland, I mean, it's almost like a walking dead kind of thing. Like if you can find a group of people or a community or an area that isn't uh, a place where you're just constantly looking over your shoulder and trying to survive, then that becomes like prime real estate. Absolutely. But the the real question for these settlers as they're coming in um, is, are they really prepared for this biome that they found? Because you know, if if you're from the perspective of a wanderer just coming in the wastelands, they discover this region, you got to be asking yourself, is this area too good to be true? Yeah. And it turns out that it kind of is because um, through the events of Fallout 76, you know, the Scorched aren't really completely eliminated. They're still there. Right. And it's not like they're going to have most likely have experienced them outside of the area and been like, oh, I know what these things are. <laughs> they're going to be like, what is that? That's not a ghoul. Why is this why is this weird thing attacking me? Right, right. So I have a few different thoughts on who might be coming into the area. I, I guess there's there's the first thought if you if you want to entertain these these ideas. Oh, absolutely. Is, uh the first thought is they are people who have come from something that isn't super extreme but are looking for a new a better place to live. 
So maybe they haven't been fighting Scorched. Maybe there really isn't a whole lot of super mutant problems or, or, or whatever. It's just they're looking for resources and supplies. And this area looks like a nice place. And so they're traveling through and they're going, oh, look, we're finding you know plant life. Maybe we could settle down and make a farm. So it's that like naive traveling group thing. My second thought is, what if there, and we don't know all the stories of everybody who lived in the area. We, we know how a lot of them wrap up with people killing each other or dying off like the day before the vault opens and, and that kind of stuff. But that doesn't mean that there aren't people who previously left the area and might be returning. That's interesting. So yeah, and they might have some sort of connection to the stories that were left there that we've been picking up in holotapes and, and all that stuff. So that could be interesting because they could be referencing stuff that happened. Like, for example, um, I don't know for sure if everyone involved with the mist- uh, the mistress of mystery, was that that group? Yes. Um, actually was killed off in that. And now you, like there is talk about like, oh, you've killed, you killed everyone and now we're the only ones who are left and that kind of thing. But that doesn't mean somebody who wasn't part of the organization previous to any of that stuff happening hadn't moved away. That's very interesting because I, I was thinking about this too. Um, you know, th- there is a possibility for these long dead factions to be kind of revitalized or revived. Mm-hmm. Or even people who were involved with the Brotherhood who just got restationed to another place because they're part of the military. Or, um, I mean, there's a lot of instances or just even locals who moved and are now coming back to, you know, the land they grew up on because they're looking for their family or something like that. So there's a lot of possibility there. The other one is, um, man, it's it's hard to hold three ideas in your head all at once. Uh, The other idea is that they um, are particularly interested in taking that area because of even worse things that they're running from. So it's not like the naive stumbling onto the area thing. It's the, uh, like coming from the pit kind of thing. Like these people have seen hell. And so this looks like paradise. I mean, yeah, there are, we have in the previous games, we have seen horrifying factions emerging from this post-apocalyptic wasteland. Caesar Legion jumps to mind. Mm-hmm. I, you imagine that there, you know, there's, you know, a world of slavery, maybe a world where you might get killed by scorched <laughs> might be a little better. Or, or some other like, I don't know, crazy mutated problem has happened that we've never seen before and is like and in fact that would be kind of fun it'd be kind of like a there be dragons out there kind of thing you know like these people show up with their eyes like wide like they've seen the devil himself and we come to find out that they're all telling stories about some sort of mythical thing out there and we don't know what it is which is very funny because they're walking right into a place that has a, the, a very similar mythical thing it'd be like oh man right i just escaped the wanderer it's like do you guys have those here it's like no but we got scorched the hell's a scorched yeah, yeah. mothman <laughs> sheep squatch we got a bunch of those here too what is that what's the wanderer <laughs> what's slender man <laughs> you guys are writing from slender what's a slender man yeah what um, is that yeah but, but that could be really cool because whatever that is could follow them and be like hunting them or something like that and that that becomes the next crazy weird thing that we end up having to battle or you know like i don't know these are all ideas that i'm like i, I would be cool <laughs> Hey, it's Abu. I'm a producer and host here at Lore Party. 
This is the time I'd normally take to talk about sponsors. So maybe I'd tell you about that particular mattress company, or I'd let you know about this delivery service that brings easy to cook meals right to your doorstep. But since we don't have any sponsors, I figured I would just take this time to tell you about the series that I produce here on the show. My co-host Brett and I produce episodes about The Witcher. We deep dive into the lore and the stories and the characters of both the games and the books. So if that sounds like your cup of tea, be sure to check out the Lore Party feed and look for The Witcher episodes. Okay, enough of me interrupting this episode, back to what you were actually here to listen to. So the big question I think that you have to ask yourself is, do you think that long-term uh, stability in the region is actually possible with all the threats that are there and all these you know, new settlers coming in? Do you think this actually has a place that could build a permanent settlement? Well, I think if we take what has happened in the other games as a canon, as canon or template for the potential of things to happen, uh, what we see is... In terrible places, even in really, really terrible places, humans have this way of actually making something work. And oftentimes it's terrible. You end up with slavery and all these terrible things that happen. So it may not be as good as something like the NCR communities. But I feel like long-term survival is, it's really not a question so much about long-term survival as it is quality of life, I guess is the way to say it. What do you feel that the the role of the uh, vault dwellers would be in this new sustained place where these people are coming back in? Yeah, that's a good question too. So I get I, it depends on how friendly they are <laughs> and how <laughs> how willing to help out with the current issues in the area, um, and if they are just looking to claim the land. Of course, you you now have a us versus them them situation. So. I would assume that the vault dwellers are going, we've been building settlements. We've been cleaning out the problems in this area. This is our place. We've done all the hard work. You can't just march in and claim the land. We're not going to let you do that unless you're willing to work and cooperate. I was going to say the biggest mission of these vault dwellers was they were the ones who were supposed to rebuild. Right. You know, right. this was supposed to be one of the control vaults, one of the ones that actually did what it was supposed to and not torture everyone to death. Right. Right. Yeah. I could see a, a sense of ownership and you're know, like, this is our land. We're calling the shots. And if you're cool with that, then maybe you're, you're cool enough to stay, but yeah, don't think you can just claim our land. Yeah. Because I mean, the, the biggest uh, problem that we saw with the scorched threat was just people in groups seem to be, uh, you know, taken out very quickly. I mean, the survivalists were some of the last factions alive just from the fact that they hid in their bunkers. Yeah. And the Scorched Plague isn't as much of an issue. And I guess it also depends on what is determined to be canon, what, what has actually happened in the storyline before the settlers return. Like, have, have we banded together to drop nukes and root out the queen and kill her? Is that a real event that happened in the world in the storyline and then the settlers are returning? Or are the settlers returning in the midst of us still dealing with this issue? Like, where are we in the story? Yeah, that opens up some interesting interesting uh, ways to go about storytelling. And it's, it's kind of exciting to see. This is kind of a bit of a speculation yeah, podcast yeah. as well as a lore ex- exploration. Right. Yeah, we would have to speculate about a lot of that. But... Um, 
I don't know. I know one of the things that they've been doing is they've been like updating the world. And this is, this is also interesting as they've been opening up new areas in the map. They've also been like retuning certain locations and sometimes changing what's in them or like a door where a door is. And if it opens or closes, like there's these little, little changes they've been doing. And I, I'm sure that's part from the technical side of just making sure everything runs better and looks good. But it may also be hinting at this idea that uh, the area is changing over time, that time is actually progressing. I think it, it definitely shows a living, breathing world, which is, which is fascinating, especially for Fallout. I'm, I'm very interested to see what the, the ramifications of all of these groups coming back and what your interactions with them will be. And I'm wondering, too, if this will give us a chance to introduce uh, new factions into the game itself. Yeah, and if it's more than just one group of people returning, if it's individuals from different factions who are bringing their own histories and, um, you know, uh, bonds, like ties to each other or not to each other or conflicts or any of that stuff. Which I want to talk about that too, life in general. Um, you know, it, it seems like there is a big debate in, within the Fallout universe itself. Uh, you you always encounter, and it seems like two groups of people. There are the groups of people that uh, have decided to band together and form their own little society or group, and they have a, a specific spot to hang their hats and relax and try to rebuild the old world that we've seen before. Um, but mm-hmm. then we see the flip side of that, which is the the nomads, you know, the wandering tribesmen, the smaller groups that travel from one end of the wasteland to the other. Uh, the character yourself, I'd argue, is one of these nomadic peoples. He doesn't really stay in one place for very long. Right. And so it then becomes a question of which one of these lifestyles is better for this new world that we face. I mean, obviously, the world we live in now, you and I, it's much better to have a place where we can go every single day. We need these routines. Right. Right. You know, uh, with nomads in our own history, we've seen that like they only seem to to uh, put down roots when they find a spot that uh, is, you know, more abundant than the resources that they could find if there's if they were to keep moving. Or, yeah, yeah. And oftentimes they will take on the traits of the community that they took that land from, because it's very rare in history that one group of people, one occupying force will completely wipe out the previous group that was there. Most likely what they do, and this is this gets to really dark stuff, but don't we always with Fallout stuff, right? Um, <laughs> is that the occupying force will basically destroy the men and then take the women and children for themselves. And after a few generations, they've now integrated that society into their own. But because the women and children are now part of their community, not only does their language start to shift, but their, their culture shifts. And so the habits that those individuals pass on to the children end up changing the, the culture fundamentally. Absolutely. And, you know, that, that's a big thing too, is that, that, uh, there's, you know, there, there are larger pockets, I would say, in this world than what the early tribesmen would have found when they were wandering around. And I think a, a big plus to nomads, though, is that um, there's a lot of stuff in America. Like, I, you know, as someone who's exploring uh, the Capital Wasteland in Fallout 3, you still find a lot of stuff. Yeah, this is one of those things that I think about as I run around in the game, especially... Um especially the other like Fallout 3, New Vegas, Fallout 4, the ones that are way further in the future. It's like even, okay, so even if there's only a few thousand people left, let's just come up with a number, a few thousand people in the American Southwest, right? Let's just say 
50,000 people left. Eventually, everyone will have traveled any path that had some sort of road, any area that was easy to walk down, will have looked behind every shelf in every rundown building (laughs) and acquired everything that was laying around. So this idea that like 200 years from now, after eight generations of people living in these areas, even sparsely populated, wouldn't have just kind of already found everything and gutted it out is is kind of silly to me in this like, wait a minute, that's, I mean, it seems like there's not that many people around, but, uh, you know, and even in Fallout 76, you can go back to the same location and find it's restocked with the stuff again, you know, like, <laughs> obviously that's a video game thing, but how long would it take you as one person to scour that entire map and pick up every item you could possibly find? You could probably do it in a few months. That's one person. I mean, if you think about it, it's like, you know, when you're walking through the the super duper mart and you're like, oh, a box of sugar bombs. And it's like, how has no one else found this yet? Right. It's just sitting here on the shelf. Anybody in the 200 years previous who's walked through this store probably saw it. It's like, it's like, hell, there are raiders on the other side of this shelf. Right. How did they not grab this? Right. Right. When that, when things are that valuable or, and, and the other, the other possibility here is, okay, well, you can only carry so much. So like physically you wouldn't be able to just keep on taking everything with you. You would just take what you needed in the moment. So that means maybe you leave things behind. Right. But if you were smart, you would hide the things behind. You'd create little, like little hidey holes. You'd, you'd dig a hole up or find a, you know, somewhere and stash your stuff and then write down a note about like where that is. So if you're back in that area, you know where you can go get your stuff and nobody else is going to find it. We'd all become like pirates hiding our treasure. (laughs) Exactly. Which is, you know, that's kind of one of the, one of the strange advantages that I think a nomad would have in the fallout world is just that you, there's a lot of stuff that you can go through apparently, and you're always going to be able to find things. So that might be why we see, you know, 200 years after the the bombs have dropped why they're still why the raiders still are a thing you know that's still profitable for them to be this wandering raving band that just goes around and steals stuff yeah i uh so now i gotta ask you this um you know you're you find yourself in the year 2102 uh and would you move to appalachia if i lived in the pit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, yes, I also am eternally uh, curious about what exactly a mountain mama is. <laughs> so, <laughs> West Virginia, mountain mama. Yeah, what is a mountain mama? I need to go find out. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's a beautiful area. And uh, I mean, you got the scorched plague and you got the weird animals and stuff. But I have a feeling everywhere has something weird in this world. You know, like... Any amount of radiation makes weird crap happen in Fallout world. So, yes, everywhere's got to be at least this bad, right? I was going to say, given what all I know from exploring the Capital Wasteland, from exploring New Vegas, from exploring the pit, I got to tell you, I think Appalachia looks like uh, my next vacation destination. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And all the other factions or factions, you know, the super mutants, the ghouls, the mole miners, everybody seems to just kind of keep to their own little area. And as long as you don't walk into their terrain, they're pretty cool with you. I mean, every so often you'll get like a mole rat that wanders over and you're like, ah, crap, got to find a mole rat. But for the most part, you can kind of set up your base somewhere and just kind of chill and you don't have to deal with too many altercations. Well, um, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, Tom, thank you for joining us. Now, once again, where can we find you? 
So I am regularly hosting the Fallout Lorecast, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, and we go over all sorts of cool stuff about the lore in the different games and all sorts of fun things. Um, I'm also the creator of the Robots Radio network. So robotsradio.net is the podcast network that has my shows like the Fallout Lorecast, the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, and then a bunch of other shows as well, including... Uh, I don't know if you've heard of uh, Chad, a Fallout 76 story, which is uh, done by another host on the network. Uh, His name's Ken. And it's like a basically it's like a radio drama, but it's hilarious. And oh, that's cool. Weird crap happens because weird crap happens in the games. And it's really well done with like positional audio and sound effects and voice actors. And it's so good. It's so, so good. So I go check that even before we go check out my show, go check that show out. Cause you <laughs> get a kick out of that. I mean, my show is pretty good. I, I think I'm pretty proud of it, but anyway, that's, 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 that's what a good I network do. Host right there. Yeah. That's, that's what I do. I find, I find awesome shows that I want to listen to. And then I invite them to join the network um, so that we can all kind of keep growing together. But people will get to know that like, you know, like, Robots Radio means good quality gaming nerd stuff. So if you're looking for other shows, start there, that kind of thing. But yeah, robotsradio.net has all my contact info. Uh, at Fallout Lorecast on Twitter, falloutlorecast at gmail.com if you want to shoot me an email. Those are all ways that you can get a hold of me. Well, everybody, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And uh, be sure to connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the vault next time.